0: Welcome to ACONA Beyond the Articles, the podcast of ACONA Online, the student-run newspaper for the Academy of the Holy Names in Tampa, Florida. Each episode is hosted by our staff members in which they give their opinions on a variety of current topics. We publish one episode per week, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, let's start the episode. Hi, I'm Editor-in-Chief May Lamison, and the I'm Multimedia Multi- Editor Adriana James-Rodell, Um, And for this podcast of Econo Beyond the Articles, we are going to be talking about cancel culture. So May, would you like to define what cancel culture is? Right, so cancel culture is kind of this new, I'd say mainly social media term where a lot of followers of a certain celebrity or really anyone in the public eye um, cancels said person. So you see this a lot of times with, I think, YouTubers especially, Mm -hmm. um, but also really any famous people. So it's the idea that if someone says something or does something, maybe either in bad taste or that a certain group may find offensive, a lot of their followers or even people who aren't followers but know of them um, will tweet about them, hashtag about them, say that you should have done this, this was offensive, and they are quote-unquote canceled, meaning that they've lost a lot of support or... Um, the media has called them out on something they've done. And it kind of plays on this idea of like, has our society become too sensitive or has it not? And if it is too sensitive, how can we change that? And how can we change from being judgmental and saying that if one one person says something bad and we cancel them and there's no room for forgiveness? So how can society be more forgiving for those who maybe do do or say something wrong. So I think, AJ, you bring up a really interesting point, the idea that within cancel culture, um, people, I, I don't want to say are quick to jump to accusations, but there is really no room for forgiveness, like you said, but also no room for growth specifically. So um, with a lot of incidents with cancel culture, we see uh, tweets or posts or Instagrams or statements resurface from Five, ten years ago, mm-hmm. um, which is just crazy to think about, you know, people's ideologies and their opinions and everything changes. But they're a completely different person by the time they, you know, have posted that to where they are now. Um, and I think a really prominent example of cancel culture that happened pretty recently was Kevin Hart. So basically, Kevin Hart, he was set to host the Oscars. However, then people kind of brought up and shed to light a bunch of his tweets from years ago that were homophobic and also took a lot of his um comedy skits and comedy kind of like performances from youtube and took them out of context which he made like homophobic jokes and as a result he had to um step down from hosting Mm -hmm. the oscars and he even said himself like he was sorry and he apologized but this kind of adds to like you're taking something out of context and you're also like taking things that he's done 10 years ago and you're shedding that into light now once he has something really good going for him and what does that kind of say like is there any room to forgive someone maybe you could have forgiven Kevin Hart maybe as society as a whole or maybe the people who run the Oscars could have forgiven him and kind of said, okay, we're going to move forward. And maybe since you've had such a prominent career in, in like c- comedy and stuff like that, that you should still host the Oscars because you worked for it. Yeah, and while I agree with you that there is a lack of forgiveness, especially in this era, I think, of oversensitivity and cancel culture on social media, um, the story surrounding Kevin Hart is a bit complex, specifically because... I remember when these tweets resurfaced there was a lot of um, news articles and kind of discrepancies in terms of whether he would apologize and whether he wouldn't I think he actually only released a formal statement um, after he was removed from hosting the Oscars to apologize almost as if like I mean obviously I don't know the full contents of the story because none of us can talk to Kevin Hart specifically um, but it almost seemed as if he was forced to so and while that um, AJ's example pulls a really interesting idea on cancel culture, like, um, why there isn't room for forgiveness and things taken out of context. It also, I feel like, has some benefits to it as well. For example, you are calling out someone for doing something or saying something that may not be really permissible in today's day and age. But. Yeah, December 6 2018, he did post, um, a few Instagram pictures and a video saying that he's refusing to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, because he explained that he is a different person and I he he didn't feel like in this context he should have apologized because you know 10 years ago he was a completely different he had a completely different ideology thought process I mean AJ when you think about it you're 16 I'm 17 Mm -hmm. 10 years ago you were six and I was seven (laughs) Uh, which is kind of weird to put it in that type of aspect but when you rewind it so far back It's crazy to think of how much I think anyone can change in that time span and also just how society can change in general Mm -hmm. and I think another really interesting point that correlates with this topic is The Office. Steve Carell in an interview actually spoke on behalf of the television series that he starred in and wrote and I believe produced Mm -hmm. um saying that he doesn't think it would be nearly as successful or even permissible if it aired in 2019 which I think is really interesting. I mean, The Office, yes, does have, I would say, some bad taste in certain moments, but also, you know, it is very funny. As a fan of The Office, I mean, I love all of the jokes, and and a lot of it kind of pulls to the idea of um, making fun of one thing or another, but not maybe intentionally. And it kind of, like, ties into that kind of idea that a lot of these TV shows, such as The Office and That 70s Show, they are satires meant to kind of make fun of society Mm -hmm. in a way. So you have to look at it like that. And and to me, I think it's kind of sad that a TV show like that can't thrive today in society. I feel like, Mm -hmm. in a sense, we may be losing our kind of like, I don't know, we may be losing like some funny aspects of like, tv and film etc because maybe we're becoming too sensitive i mean like today like you would hear and i'm going to quote some famous um michael scott lines which <laughs> is the character that um steve Carell plays steve Carell plays in the office and today we would probably hear this on television and the next morning whenever the tv show airs it'll probably be all over the news saying or like twitter or specifically. twitter saying like This is uncalled for. They need to be canceled. Like, this show needs to stop. So I'm just going to give you some examples. And I quote, You don't call retarded people retards. It's bad taste. You call your friends retards when they're acting retarded, and I consider Oscar a friend. And another one is, My Indian culture seminar was going great until Toby decided that he was too immature to deal with culturally explicit images. It's just sex, people. Everybody does it. I'm doing it with Carol probably tonight. So, I mean, those are just some simple examples. And I think a lot of comedians feel the same way, as if they are afraid to cross a line or say something. Um, and a lot of their set list and scripts and just media put out by, specifically entertainment industries in general, seem to be kind of based in fear of, of offending people and thus, you know, losing profit, losing mm-hmm. audience members. Um, and you you've seen this countless times, like, Um, YouTuber uh, Colleen Ballinger who plays Miranda Sings which is a really famous Mm -hmm. um, comedic character so she released a vlog a few days ago that talked about how she's so afraid to put stuff out as her character because she doesn't want people taking this out of context and thinking that she's the one saying it Mm -hmm. or she's the one doing these things even though she's portraying a character that's kind of supposed to be, um, you know, idiotic Idiotic, you know, bad taste you know, that also brings up the question of I mean, is it acceptable for society to make fun of stuff like this? I mean, regardless of how you and I feel, AJ, do some people find, like, this commentary offensive? Does it depend on how they've grown up? Like, what household they were raised in? You know, what was permissible as jokes? And what is funny? And who is your audience? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, as you said, and you kind of brought up a good topic, It's kind of, like, differs on based, based on how we were raised. I mean, if you grew up in a household where it's like, when it's like, just your parents and you, and you know that, let's say your parents, they obviously, some parents make offensive jokes, and you're used to that, but you would know that you would never say that out in public, because right. that or would in offend. in a school setting. Or in a school setting, because that would offend other people, but in the, but, like, in the, in the sole case of, like, these kind of comedians and people portraying characters, in my opinion, I know not everyone would agree with me, I think that's acceptable. I feel like in a way i mean maybe i'm looking at this too symbolically but i feel like i i said this maybe a couple minutes ago about it being a satire and making fun of society and kind of pointing out in their own way the faults of society and even if like you don't agree in the way they do it i mean that's how i perceive it as Another really recent example of cancel culture is olivia jade so mm-hmm. she was a famous youtuber um her mom is Lori Loughlin. She was Aunt Becky in Full House. Mm-hmm. Um, and why she came to such fame recently is because of her role in the college admission scandal. Um, we actually wrote about this and we covered it um, when it was happening last year um, and a little bit this year as well. So you can check out some of our other articles on that if you want to read read up on the issue. But long story short, Olivia Jade um, was brought into USC on a crew team scholarship. It found it. Um, Uh, it was later exposed that she her parents paid her money to get into that school and the rowing scholarship and the crew team was all fake um she was kicked out and then there was a lot of controversies in court revolving around these parents who paid millions of dollars to get their kids into prestigious schools and so the reason why this fits into this podcast specifically is that a few days ago she posted a video um Since the scandal initially broke and it was about her talking about how much she missed YouTube and how she missed vlogging She can't really talk about the scandal legally because of everything that's going on in court at the moment But she wants to start vlogging again and posting to her YouTube channel So that video immediately became number one on the trending page of YouTube and when you look at the comments all of them kind of revolve around her, you know, being a negative person saying you mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that why are you coming back almost as if you know she was cancelled she was kind of ousted from society because she was forced or quote unquote forced into the scenario because of her parents paying this much money to get her into this school. Um, but was what was actually really interesting is that when this video was first Uploaded and you could see the amount of likes to dislikes and comments, they were incredibly positive because they were aimed specifically at her fan base. Mm -hmm. So people, say, who were already subscribed to her or who had post notifications turns on, when they saw that video, they liked it and they gave her support. But then when other people who weren't initially fans found it, it became increasingly negative and then another aspect of cancel culture. Yeah, it basically about... This is an example of kind of, like, a person who is trying to combat Mm -hmm. cancel culture. And it's like, she was canceled, but she's trying to kind of, like, by uploading this video, kind of, like, say, well, I'm not going to be canceled because I want to keep blogging or whatever. I mean, in that case, that kind of, like, raises a question. And this is such an interesting topic because it can go so many different ways. It's like, Mm -hmm. but in her case, is it justified that she was canceled? because Mm -hmm. of this whole college admissions scandal. But what I think is so interesting is that this cancel culture type aspects that's coming into her videos and into her vlogs are really from people who are outside her audience. They're from people who didn't initially watch her, people who weren't initially subscribed, but maybe who saw her on the news and saw this aspect, saw this opportunity to cancel someone and then immediately rushed in to do so. Yeah, and that brings up another interesting topic. It's like a lot of these people who aren't initially fans... Well, they have, see an opportunity to attack someone, so they go, or have an opportunity to judge someone for what they did or said, mm-hmm. and they go, and they go on Twitter, or they go on whatever other social media platform, and they just cancel them without really knowing any of the background or context to this. They see a headline in the news, and they say, oh, well, I am I want to be on the right side of history. Yeah, I'm opposed to this, so I'm going to cancel that person and do good for the rest of society, which- which obama actually said in his interview with the obama summit in chicago in um october Mm -hmm. he was talking about how you know being woke and saying that you did something wrong and then not doing anything else that that's not activism he quoted that society thinks that the best way to make change is to be as judgmental as possible but again that's not activism what active that's I, and I feel like that's also another issue with society. It's like a misinterpretation, as a former President Obama pointed out, that simply by calling someone out or canceling them does not make you a hero. Does not mean that you made some sort of enormous amount of change. So now AJ and I are going to find a teacher to interview and ask what they think about cancel culture. And then following... We will interview two students. We will interview a student who is a supporter of cancel culture and then one who is against cancel culture to see the different sides' viewpoints on this. So right now, me and Adriana are with Mrs. Carney, the AP U.S. history teacher and the... Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. (laughs) Um, So we talked to her a little little bit about cancel culture, and now we're going to kind of go more in-depth of what cancel culture is. So, Ms. Carney, do you have any opinions on it?
1: Um, so I feel like social media obviously is a huge factor in this, right? So I'm not super familiar with cancel culture. This is something that I just learned from you guys (laughs) about what it actually means. And, um, I'm, I'm curious to know from you guys, uh, or you girls, um, can cancel culture be considered something like if you have a difference of opinion or is it really just if you're making unsavory remarks? If you're making unsavory remarks, then obviously that's not appropriate. Whether mm-hmm. you're a celebrity or if you are just an everyday person, a teacher should be making mm-hmm. unsavory remarks, things that could be considered offensive. Um, But I'm wondering if it's a difference of opinion that can create culture, cancel culture.
0: That's actually really interesting. I think it definitely plays a role. I mean, obviously, we're living in a very divided time right now in terms of our politics in general. Um, It has risen. I don't know if that's really paralleled with the Trump presidency. I think it's always been around. But I do agree that our... um, Like, social media has made us, I think, more increasingly sensitive because we've had more access to kind of a whole archive of what anyone has ever said. Right, because
1: if you look at my generation Mm -hmm. or Mrs. Nazaretan's generation, right, um, keeping us in that fold, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that if you were to rewind my life at some point, there probably would be something where people would say... I don't I don't really think that that was nice that she said. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, because it's not – our life isn't recorded,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's not there. Um, so I think that, yeah, social media obviously is a huge player in this. I mean, I just think it comes down to be nice,
3: mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't it just treat people the way you want to be treated and, you know, don't say think before you speak, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it's just, like, those basic golden rules you have to kind of follow nowadays.
0: I – totally agree with that, but then at the same time, you know how, like, when you're with your family, and you're, like, making jokes or whatever, and it's just kind of, like, between all of you, and you're all kind of aware that you're not supposed to take that seriously... And then it kind of, like, ties into the fact of, like, comedians. Right. Well, then, their concern, like, for example, Miranda Sings, she's... Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Okay. So she's... (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. (laughs) This should really be titled Behind the Times. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Miranda Sings is basically... She's a YouTuber, and she's been on YouTube for a very long time. Yeah. And Miranda Sings is kind of, like, her character... Miranda's a self-absorbed idiot, like that is the character, like she acts like a third grader even though she's a grown adult, she wears like, like, overgrown lipstick. So then here's the
1: question, let mm -hmm. me just, let me just put it this way, if you're talking about a comedian who is up on stage representing himself,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: saying off-color things, Mm -hmm. versus someone playing a quote-unquote character, Mm -hmm. right, do you see a difference between those two things?
0: I mean I see a difference definitely
1: I feel like there's a difference and here's my perspective on it and maybe I'm totally way off but here's my perspective on it since we're pontificating on this now Mm -hmm. so like I was to sit down and write a book Mm -hmm. right and I was to write a book and the book was about I don't know some woman growing up in some rural part of the country who had some very racist attitudes about things and whatever the story is, that book would be read and people would probably say, wow, that's a great book because she's got some great, really well-developed characters in there and so forth and so on. So if you're taking that and then you're putting it, you're taking that kind of idea where there's a character involved, Mm -hmm. right? And the character is um, saying those things. Mm Does that kind of make sense? Do you know where no, I'm going yeah. with this?
0: I, I definitely see that. That's not as popular in terms of cancel culture, like, that people use that as an excuse. I think it's more so with media or um, even with actors, like, playing a role or especially comedians, like, making jokes because it's kind of hard, I guess, for some people when they're watching clips out of context. Well, that's a huge tell, part of that. Yeah. Like, who who is representing who? Because I, I think with a book and any literary characters, you know, one, people reading it would probably be right, well red, and... But I'm
1: talking about, like, the people yeah. that... Like, what Adriana was yeah. saying. Yeah. Like, that that comedian develops a character mm-hmm. and then says kind of off-colored things. Yeah, right. because then,
0: like, when she's saying that, and, like, how you said, like, clips, like, people can take that out of context, but, like, is it okay, like, for her or him or whoever playing a character to say offensive things, even if it's not really themselves saying it, but it's a character? Also, the line of offensive or what is offensive is different to everybody. Well, that's a yeah.
1: huge part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I know my husband and I come from two very different backgrounds. He's full-blown Irish. I am full-blown Italian. And we tease each other about those kinds of stereotypes, mm-hmm. whether it be from an Irish background or Italian background. I know it's a joke. I know he loves me. Now, would we, would we go out in public and do that? No, because I might offend somebody, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Um... I think part of it is to know your audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Know your audience. Know who you can say things to and who you can't say things to. Who you can joke around about things with and who you can't. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're. sometimes off-color is funny.
0: Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes
1: th- off-color is funny.
0: Yeah, and that pulls into, you know,
1: shows like The Office or yeah. like that Brooklyn Nine-Nine, That yeah. seventy Show, Parks and Rec. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes mm-hmm. those things are funny. And mm-hmm. they're funny in spite of them being inappropriate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is too is I guess you have to think about, and this is the other end of it is that can we look at something and say it's a joke? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting concept,
1: and that's why I wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. I think it's
0: really complex, and I know. I mean, I feel like when you are watching like characters on television, or even like. Just comedians because I feel like comedians themselves are kind of portraying this sense of character when they're, yeah. on, when they're on stage, you have to look at what they're saying a lot of the time as a joke. Yeah. And I think this kind of ties into like the whole like fact, our whole cease our whole thesis is like has society become too sensitive? Yeah. And kind of like is that prohibiting people from saying jokes because they're afraid they're gonna get cancelled or yeah. their career, everything they've done. Is gonna be diminished just because they say one thing, was, which was supposed to be a joke,
1: right? Yeah. Like it's just. I guess it depends on yeah. what the joke is, and like yeah. I said, who yeah. your audience is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean I know that there are certain jokes that I can make around Miss Pendleton. It's
3: really that totally
1: offensive. That could be really <laughs> offensive, um, but I wouldn't necessarily make them around other people. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's also a line between racism and offence- being offensive. That's another mm-hmm. whole conversation there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
0: No, yeah. Yeah. So, hi. I'm right now speaking with Samantha Cuddle Sr. Hi, Samantha. Hey. So, can you define cancel culture?
3: Sure. To me, cancel culture is calling out someone in power, like, in terms of being a celebrity or, like, an influencer on what the public sees as like offensive or like not right. Do you think that cancel culture um can only
0: be applied to influencers or celebrities or can it go beyond that to like include um some examples are like Lori Loughlin and like Mm -hmm. people of like
3: political influence and have leadership positions? Um I think cancel culture can be applied to anyone depending on how you like go about it like how you decide to call out this certain like person in power and how do you feel about it um I do think it can be toxic at times but again I've always been someone who thinks that we do need to hold these people with so much influence accountable for their actions however I don't think we should cut off the conversation from them just because they're now canceled I think we should listen to what they have to say and listen to both sides, but I don't think we should just ignore something that they've said, even if it's in the past. If it's offensive, it's offensive, and they should be held accountable to apologize for what they've done.
0: But you don't think that, for example, okay, so a good example is, like, Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. So he was set to host the Oscars, and kind of, like, these tweets of him, like, resurfaced. So do you so you think it's, like, justifi- justifiable to cancel
3: him even though maybe he's like a changed person from 10 years ago to now it's interesting with him because what he said was in my opinion incredibly offensive and he was directly targeting a marginalized community so I think for that I think I don't really, I didn't appreciate his apology. I think it was pretty weak, honestly. He said it once on the Ellen show, <laughs> and it was very, like, it felt to me like it was, in, like, not genuine at all. Like, oh, well, they should, f- like, I am shouldn't it be, I don't feel sorry for what I've done, but I'm sorry your feelings are hurt. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: because that kind of brings up a good point about kind of, like, well, people do and say things, like, wh- specifically on social media because then it can like be brought Mm -hmm. up to the present but like are they only apologizing because their fear their fear of being like Mm -hmm. canceled or whatever or are they truly like
3: do they genuinely feel sorry for what they did and that's the question but I think you can I think you can tell I think there's like there's this like toxic culture within like fan bases and Mm -hmm. like stan twitter and things like that where like people are just trying to one-up another person, but I think you can genuinely tell if someone is being sincere in their apology. Because, like, May and I were actually
0: talking about how, um, sometimes when people get canceled, like, for example, Olivia Jade, Mm -hmm. when she first released her first vlog since the whole admission scandal, when you look at the comments and stuff, like, a lot of them are negative, obviously, and so, with cancel culture, is it usually, like, their fans that are the ones canceling them, or is it, like, people coming from, like, different angles and people who aren't fans of them just so they can have an opportunity to judge and cancel someone?
3: Yeah, I think it's I think it's that. I don't... Usually, it's the fans who are less likely mm-hmm. to attack their person of interest, or that's a weird word to use, but, like, I know, like, if your fave does something problematic, it's sometimes hard for you to admit that you've been like looking up to and admiring someone who could have done something wrong so you're going to do everything you can to defend their actions obviously so um and this kind of kind of ties into
0: like tv shows so like the office and like mm-hmm. that seventy show like steve carell was saying in an interview that like he doesn't think the office would kind of be as successful today as it was um years ago just because of like this whole um cancel culture environment and Mm -hmm. because in the office they do say some like controversial or offensive things that people would take to heart but um should we take that seriously or should we realize that it's a joke and realize it's a satire on society
3: um I think you should realize it's a satire how there's a like a difference between being satirical and making an offensive joke Mm -hmm. I do think probably some moments in the office are offensive and I don't think you have to be offensive to be funny. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like there's so many other things that are so funny that don't target a certain person. And I think if you're worried about someone being offended by your joke, then it's probably not that funny. Good
0: advice. So I know we kind of talked about like a bunch of different examples of cancel culture, but is there one that really resonates with you and that you'd like
3: to talk about? Hmm, that's such an interesting thing like there's moments where like people like James Charles who just like <laughs> yeah. recently got cancelled I'm not a fan of James Charles he said problematic things in the past like he said racist remarks before which is why I was surprised that's not what he got cancelled for he got cancelled for stupid makeup drama yeah. <laughs> and I think in moments like that that's where you kind of see the line with cancelled drama or cancelled culture mm-hmm. not drama but like It's, like, what are we canceling these people for? Like, I think cancel culture can be used as a good thing, as a way to, like, call out people who are doing wrong, not to, like, one-up people. But, like, or moments, like, with Taylor Swift. Like, remember when she got canceled with Kanye West? Like, Mm -hmm. everybody immediately sided with Kanye West and not Taylor Swift. Like, what was the reason for that? Like, and I can admit, like, I, I remember, like, telling Amelia, my sister, like, oh, my gosh, like, why would Taylor Swift um, like, call Kanye West on the phone, or whatever the mm-hmm. stupid argument was, like, without even, like, thinking about listening to her side, and, like, now that I know that, it's, like, I just realize how important it is to, like, pay attention to what both sides are saying. No,
0: and that brings up a really good point, and it's also knowing kind of, like, the context surrounding mm-hmm. each thing, and sometimes when some person is saying their opinions, the other goes unheard, yeah. and you kind of, like okay well I'm just gonna side with them Mm because I agree with them and kind of like this also brings up with cancel culture like we were talking with Miss Carney and she was kind of asking is cancel culture really something that if you have a differing opinion with someone do you cancel them just because they have the opposite opinion of you or is it only when someone says something kind of like offensive
3: um I think some people do take it as like I don't agree with you, so I'm going to cancel you, but I think it should be used for, like, more offensive things, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Did you say, like, so, you think that cancel culture should
3: stay the same, or do you think that it should kind of change in a way? I think it needs to change, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm fully in support of it, but I wouldn't say I'm entirely against it, because, I, like I said earlier, like I really do believe in accountability mm-hmm. for your actions, and I think... Again, just because we're afraid of, like, what a celebrity may say back or what their fan base may say, that doesn't mean that we should shy away from calling them out for what they've done.
0: No, it's true. I feel like
3: um, cancel
0: culture is good because it holds people accountable, Mm -hmm. like you said. And in a way, it makes people fearful to be canceled. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing because then they're, like, withheld from kind of, like, saying these offensive things. Because as society, we're growing, mm-hmm. and people need to realize that maybe what they said 10 years ago is not okay today.
3: Yes.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm here with Senior Jen, <laughs> and we are going to be talking about cancel culture, specifically their opinions, and maybe how it relates to
2: um, society in general. Awesome. So do you know what cancel culture is? Um, I know that it's like something that's originated on Stan Twitter, mm-hmm. where... Like, if someone does something that's, like, problematic in some way, maybe racist or sexist or something along those lines, that they'll be canceled. Oh, wait, this is a podcast. Okay, I did little quote-y air thingies. Quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> that they'll be canceled. And um, that just means, like, people unfollow them. They don't really um engage in their content anymore and things so like that. The one thing mm-hmm. I do have to
0: add to your definition is um, I would say not everyone is always, quote-unquote, canceled based on something racist or homophobic like um Billie Eilish, she was actually cancelled the other day because the Van Halen thing. Because of the Van Halen thing. So when she was on um, a late night talk show uh, the host asked her who Van Halen was and she didn't know mm-hmm. and then she was cancelled because she's a musical artist and people are upset but in her defense a lot of uh, her fans were arguing that well she's only 17 how is she supposed to know of a, a really old band when that's not her type of music so that wasn't necessarily offensive at least I, I feel like to the majority of the population yeah. but it's just another example of someone really a celebrity or really anyone in the public eye is getting cancelled
2: Yeah um well i don't know i feel like cancel culture is like i feel like it's justified if it's something like like someone actually did something right, really so bad, like, like not knowing van halen that's like not really something that that's just dumb like if you don't know van halen then it's like whatever like i don't know one of like i can't recite my favorite song from tupac or anything like that even though it's like he's like a really famous artist because that's not my genre of music that i listen to and he's more outdated for my generation.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you think our society has become maybe overly sensitive, or do you think they're
2: just looking for ways to attack people? Well, I don't think it's sensitivity, because that's not really like, a sensitive thing. I don't think there's exactly like Van Halen fans being like, oh my god, I'm being oppressed, you know? Mm-hmm. It's more of just like people looking for a reason to hate someone. So mm-hmm. do you think cancel culture is a good thing for a society, or not so much? Um probably not so much just because it's like it gives people an outlet to like like rain negativity upon other people based on like certain aspects of them that they don't like or something like that Mm -hmm. and it's like it can be beneficial in some like cases like um like harvey weinstein not seeing that movie that he produced when Mm -hmm. when that whole when that um scandal broke Mm -hmm. like that was beneficial because um, people didn't support like a like someone who had been accused of sexual harassment, which is like mm-hmm. a good thing. But then it's like, it's like other than that, and it's like, what's mm-hmm. the point?
0: Right, and I do just want to continue our conversation real quick to talk about The Office. So Steve Carell said in an interview a few months back that he doesn't think the TV show would have been as nearly successful uh, because they made a lot of humor and bad taste, mm-hmm. and he thinks that. Uh, Twitter especially but many other social media platforms would pick out and maybe cancel quote unquote the show mm-hmm. uh, before it had the chance maybe to grow as much as it did when it was originally
2: aired in 2005. That's not true at all because it's mm-hmm. like the jokes that they were making where they were like problematic and stuff it was like they were aware that they were making the jokes and that they were problematic mm-hmm. because they were laughing at like characters like Michael for making the jokes and for mm-hmm. being problematic so I don't think people would just like go off of that and say like oh this is a problematic show because it was a show about like this annoying boss who made these stupid jokes mm-hmm. and like making fun of him so mm-hmm. it's like i don't think there would mm-hmm. be a problem
0: okay awesome thank you so much cool so, so in, in summary of this cancel culture podcast i think a really important question to ask is are we as a society too sensitive or overly sensitive Society. so whenever anybody says or does anything that kind of harms that Society kind of like attacks that person, which in that way is very good. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it the other's perspective, when it's talking about people like Miranda Sings or Steve Carell who play Mm -hmm. quote unquote controversial characters, is it right to cancel them when they're just portraying a character that? their whole play is supposed to be a satire on society mm-hmm. no and so that just, just ties into what Miss Carney said earlier um just to know your audience know who you're talking to whether you may be offending someone or something else and like she also said bad taste is funny sometimes <laughs> yeah um so I really do think it also depends on the person but when you're looking at this holistically um I think what you can really see I mean obviously there are a lot of negative things about cancel culture like how there is no room really for forgiveness or mm-hmm. growth uh, you see celebrities or sometimes even politicians being immediately canceled and then there's no space for them to really give a response or say well I'm sorry I was a completely different person um, yeah and in that way I don't agree with cancel culture in the way that there is kind of less like you said May there's no room for forgiveness no mm-hmm. room for someone who has spent their whole life maybe building up a certain career and when if they say or did something in the present or was if it was 10 years ago it's kind of like they're canceled and all of that is diminished and we were actually speaking with a teacher about this um Dr. Oh who's an English teacher and she was basically talking about how maybe she 10 years ago said maybe some stup- stupid things and but she obviously doesn't think about that now Mm -hmm. and and also like what miss carney was saying that her life wasn't documented 10 years ago Mm -hmm. compared to i think our our modern culture or what we're going through now um it's definitely something that you need to think about before you hit post or before you hit tweet that this stuff is going to be on the internet for a long time and you never know when it's going to resurface whether it be in your career or your future or you know anywhere with a quick google search you can find anything that anyone ever said yeah and there's good and bad sides to that i mean it just makes people more fearful of like if they say or do anything that's gonna kind of um come back at them later or now Mm -hmm. and it just makes people fearful to say certain things which is a good thing sometimes Mm -hmm. no that definitely ties into the Mm -hmm. benefits of cancel culture that we are you know bringing these issues to light really calling people out saying that no this is no longer acceptable even if it was you know Uh, 10 15 20 years ago you know you're you're holding people accountable specifically saying that you cannot do that and we need to change really for a better future and a better society and that kind of ties into the question well a lot of comedians kind of rely on this aspect um of like making fun of other people Mm -hmm. and it's and especially in tv shows too mm -hmm, like for example that 70s show and Obviously, this show is set to take place um, in the 70s, and a really controversial character that people would consider to be controversial right now is Fez, and he is played by Wilmer Valderrama, and he is the typical, stereotypical Hispanic person who is tan, has an accent, is constantly, and in the show, he is constantly referred to as the foreigner by his whites, friends, and adults. And adults don't know his name whereas they know the names of the other like white kids of um, Eric Foreman who is the main character of the show and they also don't know where he is from where Fez is from and the the point of this having this kind of stereotypical um, Hispanic character um, Fez in the TV show is to A like point out and make fun and shed light on the stereotypes placed on Hispanics Mm -hmm. like it's not meant to be taken seriously it's meant to kind of like shed light on like this is kind of like an extreme version of a stereotype that people kind of assume mm-hmm. with when you think of a Hispanic person. Mm-hmm. But then if this would be aired today, I honestly don't think it would succeed as much because people would take that very offensively. And this mm-hmm. kind of ties into um, a recent film called
3: oh, Nights Out. Out.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there was the main character, um, Marta Cabrera, um, who was played by play? Anna de Armas, and she portrays a very... Um, Again, stereotypical Hispanic immigrant, but what's so interesting is that all of the other characters um, who were born and raised in the US can't tell where she's from and constantly say that she's from this country or that country and it, it turns into a running joke of the film this film was premiered in 2019, so it does go to show that there are certain aspects mm-hmm. of this, you know, still portrayed regularly in media today. And you have TV shows like Fresh Off the Boat or Blackish too, but yes, some people do take offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that just. And in that sense, I think society has become too sensitive. And that kind of ties into the fact of, like, what's the future for comedy? Uh. So, I mean, if I had to make a final conclusion on cancel culture as a whole, um, I would disagree from you, AJ. I mean, while I, I do see the point of you know, society is becoming too sensitive and, you know, we we don't have a lot of room for forgiveness. I would also argue that cancel culture is beneficial in terms of calling people out, holding people accountable, and making things right. I mean, there is an extreme to this Mm -hmm. that you always can't justify everything you do and you can immediately cancel someone without hearing what they have to say or the circumstances surrounding it. But I do think it's more beneficial for society to really make some wrongs right yeah and I mean our opinions do differ a bit I do think that I lean I try to think that I'm a centrist on this issue but I do Mm -hmm. kind of lean towards not being a supporter of cancel culture but I kind of look at it at different people different situations Mm -hmm. so if someone of like political influence or someone who kind of has a reputation for Mm -hmm. being not someone who's a comedian or someone like that I feel like They need to be held accountable for Mm -hmm. what they've said, either in the present or in the past, but at the same time, I think that there needs to be forgiveness and that you need to forgive them as well. And a really interesting point of what you just said, AJ, about maybe a political figure is Justin Trudeau. He's been in the news lately. He's the prime minister of um, Canada for attending multiple Halloween and costume parties in blackface and he faced a lot of controversy about that and I I suppose that you could claim that all this backlash and hashtags on Twitter referring to him uh was a sense of cancel culture but it is a different circumstance for what happens with you know comedians and other television personalities yeah because people have to realize like if you're someone who's has kind of like this influence, has this reputation of being not serious, but someone who kind of stands for everybody else. You have to be more aware of what Mm -hmm. you do and say. I feel like comedians in TV shows, this may not be right, but I feel like they can get away with more just because it's a satire and it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be a joke. But um, yeah, when people of political influence, they say bad things or do bad things. Yes, they need to be held accountable for that. But then at the same time, they need to be forgiven and maybe move on if they've apologized. Mm -hmm. So all in all, in terms of cancel culture, I think the main things that we need to take from this is we as a society need to be more forgiving of people's mistakes, um, to be aware of what we're posting on social media and the circumstances surrounding it, and also trying to give more second chances, letting people you know grow from that experience move on and become a better and fuller person yeah so basically think before you speak act or do something especially post oh yeah on social media and And also don't be too quick to call out others as well Mm -hmm. and don't be so judgmental when maybe you yourself are doing the same thing so thank you for listening to this acona beyond the articles podcast and we hope you listen to our other podcasts on spotify and apple Podcasts. and thank you thank you Bye.